I'm Charlie Mount. And I'm Jeff Rack. We are the co-artistic directors of Arcane Theater Works, based here in Los Angeles, California. And this is our new podcast where we discuss the weird and fantastical worlds of sci-fi, horror, mystery, and fantasy. Welcome to... Invasion of the Pod People. In print, on stage, and on screen, there have been countless interpretations of that modern Prometheus, that original mad scientist, that alchemist in galvanism and lightning, Frankenstein. In this multi-episode series, we dissect, discuss, compare, and contrast some of the best and least known versions of Mary Shelley's immortal story. Joining us in our discussion is our special guest, monster artist Phil Joyce. The show is being recorded outdoors at the historic Zorthian Ranch in Altadena, California. Many Faces of Frankenstein, Episode 8, Hammered. The universal juggernaut of Frankenstein films continued with lesser fare like The Ghost of Frankenstein, Frankenstein Meets the Wolfman, The House of Frankenstein, an appearance in The House of Dracula, and even in several cartoons. The first film to break away from Universal's hold on the property was an American International Pictures release called I Was a Teenage Frankenstein. When the stitches are out, he'll pass for a normal, quite attractive teenager. A box office hit that was savaged by the critics. It featured a contemporary 1950s setting that had nothing to do with Mary Shelley's novel. I want him to know and feel pain. What I create, I must control. Go on, activate this body. Perhaps best known for the line, Answer me. You have a civil tongue in your head? I know. I sewed it in there. Hardly a picture to steal the universal crown. That honor passed on to a small English film company called Hammer, whose series of Frankenstein films were decidedly different than Universal's. For one thing, they were in color, and despite moving even further away from the gothic source material, have remained enormously popular through the years. Wicked, insane, evil, call Frankenstein what you will. A demon had made a man-made monster. And now, the monster was the master. So I wanted to kind of branch off from the end of the classic Universal Monsters series, which would have been with the end of Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein, which uh, unofficially ended the the golden age of universal horror films. Mm, yeah. yeah. And then moving into the, which was at the end of the 1940s, moving into the 50s, um, when the craze in Hollywood went into more science fiction films based on atomic, um, the atomic scare and... Right, all the bombs and yeah, everything else. Yeah, all that stuff. And then, and most most horror films or science fiction films uh, 
we're, we're now based on giant monsters, giant insects mm -hmm. coming up, and, and, they, and the cycle of the classic, you know, uh, Frankenstein, Wolfman, Dracula were, were, was over, and now passe. And um, so with that, you know, the, the horror, horror films were dying and uh, needed a real kick. Or, or they were just going to go away, with the the atomic age and stuff. The films were just based on on uh, these absurd monsters. They were all black, generally all black and white. There was still some some good stuff being made, like This Island Earth or uh, Forbidden Planet, and right. and you know great high 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 quality science fiction films. But horror was really dying, and and, and being pushed more and more into real schlock like. You know, bad Dracula movies and stuff like that. Bad, with nobody of any note in them and, and bad scripts. <clears throat> so, um, apparently they, um, in in England, they were, they were there was talk of, of, of a new wave of films coming out. And uh, it would have been the Hammer, Hammer Studios. Hammer. Yes. And, uh. So Hammer Studios had been lingering, also doing kind of uh, lower quality, low budget science fiction stuff, and and what got them going was the the Quatermass films. Oh yeah, they were doing, and uh, which were like a science fiction TV series, very popular in England, and uh, um, <clears throat> they. Uh, I think it was Michael Carreras of Hammer did the Quatermass experiment, which people, critics were saying, that's well, it's kind of like a Frankenstein movie almost. It has a mm. lot of elements of Frankenstein, a lot of horror elements, which got him thinking. He was a very creative producer. And he's thinking, well, why don't we do a version of Frankenstein here in England? <clears throat> and, 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 and his first, uh, believe it or not, his first... Idea was to do a black and white quickie with Boris Karloff, mm. and this mm. was like in the mid '50s, and then that never got made. And there was a a, a production team, Shabatsky and Rosenberg, who later founded Amicus Films, and they started developing a script for for a Frankenstein film in England. And they, you know, they they showed the. Uh, they, they approached Hammer Films with this, and uh, Ham, they, they didn't really click too well with Hammer, <laughs> and it didn't really get off the ground, and, and they, the, the Hammer Studios didn't really want to work with these two guys, which later, you know, when they when they started Amicus Films as sort of a, a little bit of vengeance against Hammer Films mm. as, a, as their main uh, rival, and right. eventually Hammer Films went, went under. But... Um, so Jimmy Sangster at Hammer uh, started developing his own script, and he was working with uh, with a bunch of the it was an Anthony Hines and a few other producers at Hammer, and they decided to, to work their own script up, and uh, and they decided to do a, a color version of this gothic, you know, uh, story, and. Uh, Sort of. Um, it wasn't Dracula. Dracula came out first, didn't it? After, yeah. It came out after. Yeah, the, the, the Hammer had no interest in doing horror at all. They they were a struggling, low budget studio. They were just doing 
basically adventure films, kind of love story type stuff, and little, hmm. and and they had a, a their main director <clears throat> at the time was Terrence Fisher, mm-hmm. who was doing a lot of a lot, you know, a renowned director, but had no experience doing horror at all, mm-hmm. <laughs> and they so they. They developed this Frankenstein story based on how well Quatermass was um, um, received. It, right, it did and very it did well good at the box office. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> so, like, why don't we do? Why don't we try this? And it was going to be a one-off. And they decided they were going to get an American actor to sell it here in America as the star, as Doctor Frankenstein. And they, they, I, apparently they put out a. a you know, a casting call couldn't find anybody that was cheap enough <laughs> and had a big enough name to do it. Right. So they decided Peter Cushing came on board as he was a huge TV star in England, mm. and uh, arguably, I guess, the biggest TV star in England at the time. And they approached him, and he came at like a, a fraction of the price of of an, a, a big American star that would have done it that right. would have sold it. So. They they he, they uh, they asked him and he was very interested so they brought him on board, and they they just amassed this team of great production designers, uh, Bernard James Bernard doing the music, um, and just a, a great team of of people that had a very low budget that produced this thing in color, and and it just it, it in the, the, the for the monster, they they put out a casting call for a very large man. <laughs> they needed a very tall man, mm-hmm. and they several people came forward. Is after they got Cushing, and they uh, they they had a the main guy they they had it was a British comedian named Bernard Breslau, Breslau I believe was his name, and he later starred in the Carry On uh, series, Carry On Gang. And he was, I guess, the, he was six foot seven, and they thought wow. they thought he would be perfect for the monster, and uh, he was too expensive. <laughs> oh, is that right? Yeah. That was... And and they hmm. so they 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 hired on Christopher Lee for like, I think I think it was like a few pounds less a day. <laughs> Where did Lee come from? Lee, well, Lee was a a, char- a struggling character actor who was hard to. He was so tall, he was hard to typecast. Oh wow. And he actually made three films prior to that with Cushing, and they hadn't they they weren't great uh, acquaintances at that point. But he, they they were in uh, uh, Hamlet with Laurence Olivier mm. in the forties, mm-hmm. and then they they did uh, Moulin Rouge, the the John Huston film. Okay, they did that one, and then they also did Alexander the Great with Richard Burton. They were, they did that, so they mm. they knew each other a little bit. But one of the one of the, f- the famous ice breaking lines, uh, or little uh, tidbits is um, Peter Cushing was in his his dressing room and Christopher Lee was in makeup and he came in and you know Phil Phil Leakey was the the uh, we'll talk about that too but Phil Leakey was the makeup artist that designed the makeup and <clears throat> Lee came into his into Cushing's um, uh, dressing room. And Cushing's getting ready, and Lee's like, "I I hate this. I have I, I don't have one line in this film." <laughs> and Cushing's Cushing's famous line was, uh, "You're lucky, I read the script." 
And then after that, they became fast friends, and they were lifelong friends from then on, like best friends. You know, what's so funny is that um, I always in my because I guess because I was introduced to Dracula mm-hmm. first. Yeah. I always thought that that was the first, you know, Peter Cushing, you know, um, Lee Lee, you know, film that they did horror film that did together, and and then Frankenstein I thought was like a, you know, kind of a. A, a drop down, right? For, you know, for for Christopher Lee, you know, because you know, he, man, you you know, you go from Dracula to playing Frankenstein monster, monster yeah. you know, what I mean, but I, I didn't realize that it was I the think other his way Dracula, around. His Dracula was pretty good. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. but the first, the uh, no, the Frankenstein was this, the the first pairing of those. Yeah, two. the first horror parts they did. Hmm. Well, I thought they were all a come down, you know, because as a kid, I just thought they were getting it wrong. Mm. So that's not what the monster looks like, right? Yeah, right. you know, of yeah. course, the, the makeup from Universal is copyrighted. You can't, yeah, you that's can't why. do that, right? Uh, but I, I saw, I recently saw Curse of Frankenstein. Yeah, I watched it uh, just a few weeks ago, and uh, it's really creative as hell. And mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and uh, Christopher Lee's great. Mm-hmm. And he plays he plays the monster like um, like a marionette that has just lost his strings. Yeah, that's it's, how it was it's described. Yeah, learning how to walk. He was so gangly to and trying move. to learn. And, he, yeah. and the eyes were watery, and he was almost like he, he couldn't see. And it was just a mindless, a mindless creature. Yeah. yeah, you know, again, you know, far afield of anything Mary Shelley created. Yes, but um, and 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 the Doctor too was very different from any yeah. other Frankenstein you'd seen before. You know, at first you have sympathy for him. Mm-hmm. You know, because he's a young boy and he has ambitions and dreams, but yeah. Uh, he, he 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 outright commits murder. Yes, yeah. <laughs> right. You know, a couple you know. of times. Yeah, and he's yeah. a dick. He's horrible. And he sleeps with a girl and promises her, yep. you know, yeah. stuff, but and then with his you know. with his fiance in the next room. Yeah, he's, he's just I mean, there's nobody to sympathize. No, he's a horrible yeah. person. The monster yeah. isn't you know doesn't even have you know uh, Karloff's uh, you know it, it, find me a friend. You know, he doesn't yeah. even have no. that. Yeah, he's, yeah. yeah so it's just a straight up horror. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, they they a lot of that came out of the universal rights to the, to the, uh, you know the there, there was a lot of a lot of litigation threatened against Hammer mm. by Universal Studios. Yeah. Because they're like you can't you know and then and it's their cash cow man don't yeah. be touching our stuff. You can't dude. This thing was written in eighteen you know, eighteen. <laughs> I, know. I can yeah. do whatever you I want. You want to talk about public, public domain? domain. I, I mean, you get but, get more 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 public domain. But than a lot that. of a lot of the stuff like the the. Uh, they were threatening, you know, the Jack Pierce makeup couldn't be copied. Yeah, of course. It right. had to, and Phil Leakey, who was, who was the main uh, makeup artist at, at at Hammer at the time before Roy Ashton took over and was f- famous for that. <clears throat> but um, Phil Leakey had to redesign Christopher Lee's makeup so it looked nothing like um, Karloff's. He had to do. Re- he had to. Oh, it was completely. Yeah, different. had to yeah. redo it. And, it, and in a lot of ways, it was a lot like uh, the book. Yes, mm-hmm. you know the yeah. thin lips and the and the yellow eyes and, yeah. and the pasty skin. And yeah, it yeah. wasn't as you know, and then he wasn't quite as ugly as you would imagine the the character. It's book was, probably closer it was, to it was, the. It was closer than than Karloff's. Yeah. Yeah. Was, yeah, But they also said that uh, it he uh, it, it's been criticized too. Like it's more of like almost like a, a road wreckage look. You know, he's like oh, like he got in a yeah. bad accident. But he, but you know, yeah. he's patched together. Yeah, but he's supposed to be hideous, yeah. and and the, and I think Hammer was going for more the gore look, more gory and more well, they shocking, had the color. more they had shocking, color. yeah, 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 more yeah. Color. And 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 they, you know, they, there was complaints like he, 
you know, the scars looked like they were never healing on his face. But, you know, it was all part of the the shock factor, I think. Exactly. So, yeah. And it worked, you know, and, 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 and Christopher Lee has no lines. It's, he's all pantomiming. And, a, <clears throat> and they also said, like, like uh, you know, Hammer had many other actors, including David Prowse, Darth Vader, play play the monster. In, yeah, all in three the, of them were, were in Star Wars. Yeah. In various times. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And uh, um, several other actors played the monster in the Peter Cushing Frankensteins for Hammer, but none of them had Lee's performing ability as a, as a straight-up performer. Mm-hmm. So he, he offered more to the role, although never speaking a line. Or, That's a shame, too, yeah. that they didn't... Um, they could, probably could have done more with the, the yeah. character. I, I, but, I, I kept expecting. I thought, it was Christopher Lee. Yeah. You know, I kept expecting this monster's going to suddenly come forth with, you know, he's going to speak or there's going to be some sort of yeah. pathos in, involved, but uh, there, there really wasn't. No. Yeah. Well, it makes more well, sense, pathetic. though, now to me that it was, you know, the other way around, that this came first before Dracula. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because if, if, if you would have seen what he, you know, Duke could do in Dracula, right. then you would you would have given him much more right. to do in Frankenstein. Right. Yeah. I, can, I can understand your, your you know? confusion. Like, sure. like well, who did he piss off? Yeah. <laughs> to get demoted. <laughs> I know, demoted to the lowly monster. But, the, yeah, he he was always, he well, for a while he was billed under Cushing, too. But in this one, in particular, Cushing was the big TV star. Right. Top billing, and it says like, and featuring Christopher Lee as the monster as a, almost like a side note at right. the in the mm-hmm. credits. So Lee, I mean Cushing gets all the, you know, and, and it's Cushing's movie, which is different from also from uh, the Universal scripts, and and from obviously from Mary. They took a lot of liberties with the Mary Shelley um, story. Well, I think they, by that point it had become like. Uh, I'm going to tell a story about a mermaid, mm-hmm. and <laughs> yeah. it doesn't matter what the rules are about a mermaid. I was just, exactly. A mermaid is just a mermaid, yeah. and I'm going to tell a story about a mermaid. So Frankenstein's monster and Frankenstein himself have yeah. just reached that point, and it is yeah. probably Universal's fault because they mm-hmm. told and retold and, re- and yeah. that story over and over again, it kept changing things yeah. to the point where, okay, it could be anything. Yeah. yeah, let's 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 make him a homicidal guy, and let's make the monster not able to speak at and they, all. And they were just trying to, yeah, re- rejuvenate it, or right. make, make it. And they and they and were they made creative. It their own. Yeah. yeah, they were creative about it, and yeah. and they they turned, we need to make it alive again, alive <laughs> again. <laughs> but they turned. They also they they the story is centered, on, uh, particularly on the doctor. The the monster is a, a very much a side note in it, mm-hmm. and and the doctor is is played. Quite a bit differently than Colin Clive played it. He's a, he's a total sociopath. He's, <laughs> right, what you were saying. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's amoral. He's he's an atheist. He's a Darwinist, and he he has he's. If you if you combine Universal's Frankenstein with Pretorius, yeah, that's oh, that's, right. that's the hammer. That's true. In fact, in fact, mm-hmm. at the hammer and the curse of Frankenstein, they they introduce a character, uh, Paul Paul Kempe Kempa, I think. And he's played by uh, an actor, yes. Robert Urquhart. Well, he's he's the uh, mor- he's the moral he's compass. He's the moral compass. Right, that's compass. right. Yeah. And he's he's sort of Victor's um, mentor as a kid. Mm-hmm. Right. And then as he ages into a scientist, he becomes kind of a colleague of his. And he's, yeah, he's the total mm-hmm. moral center of the whole movie. Right. right. Whereas Cushing's the id. And he's trying to take the woman away, too, because he yes. doesn't want the woman to... Yeah. Yep. be around this horrible guy is morally and bankrupt. It's interesting, too, because I think the, the most important relationship in the film is 
between him and and Victor, and, you know those those two guys. Mm -hmm. Yes, because yeah. it, it's a fight yeah. between what's right, what's, right what's wrong. And, and should should we? And, yeah. and there's not even anything noble about what Frankenstein's doing in this film. He's no. not really trying to advance science. No, he's not. He just <laughs> wants to slake his own lust for yeah. godliness. Yeah, you know, That's which exactly. which he which you know he expresses in the way he treats the people around him. The modern Prometheus. Yeah, yeah. yeah. To Completely over the top with it, and he's a, yeah he's a complete. Why is it called the curse of Frankenstein? Um, because hmm, he's not cursed. That's a good question. He's, he's clearly working. It's a great title, man. Curse it's of Frankenstein. Title. The curse of Frankenstein. But it's it's. It, I think yeah. it's not like he's cursed. It's almost like Frankenstein becomes a curse on mankind. Maybe that's maybe that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Once once again, there's that it's crossover, re right? Of the the Frankenstein being the doctor and Frankenstein being the monster. Yeah. It totally refers you know what I mean? to he's completely because people monster, at, yeah. by this yeah. point are already like Frankenstein. They think of the monster. The monster. So it's like this the is, curse of Frankenstein. This is totally referring to the Doctor Frankenstein, the curse of Doctor Frankenstein. Yeah. And then it's interesting how they introduce him in the movie too. He's in his. It, it's a flash forward where he's about after he's you know. Captured, <laughs> and and uh, and does all his. Uh, oh right, he's in prison, right? He's in prison, yeah. right? And he's facing the guillotine, and uh, he's visited by a priest. It's true. You start off with a kind of sympathy for him. Yeah, right? remember oh. he, he's in he's the clearly been wrong somehow. He's in the mm -hmm. prison cell, and a priest comes in. A, a um, Protestant priest comes in, and he's laying in the shadows in the cell. And, oh uh, right, and you know you don't see him. He's introduced as a shadow. Yeah, he kind of makes the reveal yeah. like the monster used he, to make the reveal. I forgot, I forgot his line, but he comes in and the and the and the priest is like, you know, trying to to give him his last last rites or something. Rites or, yeah. or you know his He's, say a prayer before he gets him. before he gets guillotine. Guillotine and and, yeah. and Cushing's line is save your morality for someone who. Really needs it, right? Something horrible. Gives a damn. Yeah, basically, I don't give a, I don't give a damn. I don't care. But that just made me feel like, you know, oh, oh he's been wronged, and he's given up because he's been wronged, and this movie's yeah, going right. to show me how he's been wronged. Right. Right. And at the end of the film, he's, you're like, no, 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 kill the kill. Well, like you yeah, said, because him. you're you're bringing the best. you're bringing in. You know your, the other your, movies exactly. Yeah, you know right. I mean, even to this movie, you're Which bringing. Which I thought in, was a good choice. Yeah, you're yeah. bringing in. You know your your ideas of Doctor Frankenstein and who sure. he is, and they just and they flipped it on its it. head. Yeah, and they, he 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 just delivers these lines after lines of just pure evil. Yeah, like he's he's just a despicable character, and yeah. it, like his wife is like his fiance, played by Hazel Court, is like, you know. I, Victor, I, I would love to just be part of your experiments one day. And he looks at her and touches his face. You know, just contribute to your, to your, uh, to, to your experiments. Or, or, or yeah. and he, he touches her face and he goes, "Maybe one day you will." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Never say anything like that to a mad scientist. No. Yeah. And yeah. never tell a magician yeah. you'd love to be in his act. Right. You know, just, right. you know, those are two things you just don't say. But the, no. this 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 film this this color production just totally. Reinvigorated the whole horror industry, and it saved it in a way. And, and it saved Hammer movies, Hammer films. Oh, Hammer too, became right? exploded, and and uh, became huge. It was it was as big as Universal in the sixties. How and many then, did they make? How many involving Frankenstein? Oh, Frankenstein's. There were six, I think. With six. Cushing, really? Cushing, yeah, and then. Christopher Lee. Cushing did all six as Frankenstein. All six, yeah. He was but, always. But there. Christopher Lee didn't play the monster all six he, times. Just once, right? 
They never. Then he. Then he was Dracula. But they. You know. They went on See? to. Once you be, become Dracula, yeah. you can't go back. You to can't go man. back. Well, you get lines. But. Get lines. <laughs> but he. But got uh, dignity. They, I mean, they played in a, a, a myriad of Hammer films together. The Mummy. You know. They. Mm-hmm. They were. They were a team, and they. You know. They. They were now associated strictly with Hammer films. Like what Hammer would have, would have been nothing without those two actors. But despite the fact that. Um, you know they had a they had a great team of of uh, it's like a little rep company the, the production yeah. the production the production team, team was I mean yeah. the, the set direction it's nice to have a home yeah <laughs> and yeah. Terrence Fisher it's uh, Jimmy Sangster uh, Freddie Francis they had some <clears throat> great talent working mm-hmm. for the company but you know the scripts probably so do we put Hammer <laughs> the Hammer films below just just below the uh, the uh, Universal films in terms of you know. Are cemented images of, oh, of, yeah. of the Frankenstein story? Probably. In England, maybe maybe that's more held in more regard. I don't know. Really? I don't, hmm. I don't know. I think it could be, but because um, it's their own interpretation. Well, they drive on the wrong side of the road. What do they know? <laughs> I know. <laughs> the Brits. The but Brits. I, I don't, yeah, probably. It's a different at a interpretation of, of Frankenstein. So as we go through the years, we are... You know, we are yeah. reinventing and re- yeah. remaking yeah. Uh, the myth—the myth of uh, Frankenstein. Yeah. You know, I wonder if, if are we remaking it because of the the eras that we're in? Like you said, the Hammer films. Yeah. I mean, or the fifties became more about the Atomic Age. Yeah. You know, yeah. and there was much more of um, the, the, a sense of hopelessness. Of you know, there's the no time. hope at all in the Hammer films. There, no. <laughs> you know, they're straight. True. They're yeah. straight up horror fantasy. Yeah. And yeah, they're they're. You know, you want to walk, you you, will, yeah. you go into the film knowing, oh, I'm going to see you know people die. Yeah. I'm going to see blood. Blood. There was cleavage. a lot of blood in Curse of Frankenstein. Sure. Oh yeah. There's a lot of yeah. blood in all the Hammer films. Yeah. That's that. That's, that was a key. Ham, it was it was blood and sex, right? Blood and yeah. cleavage. And cleavage. Yeah. No, and, and actually, that's yeah. There wasn't any actual sex, but for a you know yeah, twelve year old boy. But but yeah, but that all. Thing. But yeah. but Curse of Frankenstein also inspired. It 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 was. Um, Groundbreaking too, in that it did it did introduce gore, and and sex into in, into horror cinema, mm-hmm. and it inspired things like Psycho and and films at, after that, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Even, well, I think there was like I think there stuff. was sex. There was well, let's let's not say sex. Let's say there was eroticism. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In in early horror films, you look at you know even the Wolfman and particularly you know Dracula. Oh, yeah. Uh, maybe not so, no, so much in Frankenstein, but there, there's there's eroticism, you know. There. Well, the bride was pretty hot. The bride yeah. was hot. You know why is why is horror appealing to people? And uh, horror films, and one is there were two two things that were brought up. One is that you get to experience death, you know, which is inevitable for all of us. But it's the experience of death, and uh, the experience of 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 encountering v- people that are just purely evil. <laughs> and hmm. that's that that's could be the appeal of, of why we, we we like to go to horror movies and, and or and watch them. Do you think the Groundlings in the uh, 16th century considered Richard III a horror film? Because <laughs> <laughs> it, it, he's you know the first, the first speech is I'm evil yeah. and I'm going to do evil things. Yeah. And it's a very popular play. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I guess that yeah, there's there is a yeah, there is a kind of release in that. Well, yeah. you were talking about like the devil, you know. I mean, that it comes back down to Pure people evil. liking to, you know, see films that you know are dealing with 
you know, evil. Yeah. You know, what, I, you know what, what do you think of this? I, you remember when The Exorcist came out? Oh, yeah. It was incredibly popular among Catholics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the church. Right. It right. did, right. yeah, very much. And so. it wasn't just because it was well done and the church was shown as the savior of the movie. Mm-hmm. I think it was, it became so real, the possibility of mm-hmm. possession, yeah. that a demon inspired by the devil mm-hmm. could come into a little girl and, and, and possess her. And it mm-hmm. just felt, it, it was presented so realistically. Mm-hmm. And people f- came away from that movie thinking, the devil is real. It's a, it's a mm-hmm. real thing. By association, that Therefore, means God is real. Right. Yeah. yeah. That means the faith is real. Yeah. So if we look at a horror film and we, we, we are convinced that, uh, that there is true evil in the world, doesn't that also mean that there's true good? That there is also. Right. Yeah. yeah. That yeah. God could also be real? Do you think that also, that's part of why it appeals to I think so. To I think so, definitely. I think it's that, it's that, you know, and that's why a lot of times, you know, even in the horror films, there's not so much in the Hammer films, but mm-hmm. you know, there's you know, you know, a, a happy ending or something, you know, tri- good triumphs over evil, right. you know. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. Yeah. Until the next movie, when they, yeah. when they come, when he comes yeah. back. Even yeah. though they kill the villains usually in the every horror film, they kill the villain at the end, but they come back. <laughs> yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Yeah. Interesting though, but. All right. Um, but yeah, there was a, you know. Changed, changed horror cinema. That's that's the, the yeah. and then yeah. inspired, like you know, The Exorcist. You know, brought back, it paved the way for that stuff to come back and. Yeah, definitely be strong. It definitely paved the way for the next uh, yeah. era of horror films. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because I think there there was probably a little uh, bit of a. <clears throat> it got a little schlocky there, like you said. Yeah. But I think, uh, in my mind, Drive-in the next movies. the next uh, level of horror films kind of begins with Rosemary's Baby. Or Psycho. Well, yeah. But they had the same... Psycho came... Psycho is 60... I mean, Psycho's... A, I don't think it's psychological. Psycho's a horror film, yeah. Well, yeah. It's, it's a different type. It's psychological horror, but... Yeah. Um, oh, it's definitely a groundbreaker. I mean, I would think it's a horror film. Sure. But it's not, it's not the... Uh, I think, he, I think he used horror motifs by, first by choosing to film it in black and white. Mm-hmm, you yeah. know, little things like that. And the music, blood. clearly, and the blood. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think there was something about Rosemary's Baby that uh, <sighs> paved the way for things like The Exorcist and other, other films. Right, where, as far as the religious where, based. Yeah, it, yeah, it was no more schlocky. It wasn't schlocky, and it yeah. wasn't just arty. Yeah. It was yeah. possibly real. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there was that kind, that there, kind of there was horror. Also, so. I think an an, uh, an interest in in satanic cultism by the by the mid mid to late sixties had kind of been coming back. Mm-hmm. Not in music too, you know, with with like Black Sabbath and. Well, rock and roll was the devil's music. Yeah, <laughs> I think it, we can all agree on that. Yeah, Elvis Presley was <laughs> Satan incarnate. Yes, but there was a there was an interest in, a reinterest in that, and then and I think that's where. Films like Rosemary's Baby, The Exorcist, a little, The Omen, maybe a little later, that, that kind of had. Yeah, definitely all those were yeah. tied into that whole thing. And, of, and it's, it's people, it's people, kind of reevaluating, you know, um, their spiritual beliefs, you know, mm-hmm. and and uh, that whole idea of, of you know, God and the devil and heaven and hell and mm-hmm. you know all of that stuff. You know, it's interesting. I think that I think that trend kind of ended with The Omen. Yeah. I mean, the omen was definitely part of that, but 
the Omen, especially the Omen 2, that's yeah. where slasher films started. <laughs> yep. Let's, let's find a real interesting way to decapitate some. Yeah. 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 I think you're right. It's devil right. films turned into slasher. Yeah, we'll get into that well, another time. Another thing. In our next episode, we look at several contemporary versions of Frankenstein, classic and otherwise. In episode nine, Mel Brooks and more. This has been a production of Arcane Theater Works. You can find us online at arcanetheaterworks.com. Don't forget to check out our other podcast, Theater of the Mind, Dramatizations of Fantastical Stories. If you enjoy our podcasts and would like to hear more, please support us on Patreon. Special thanks to Alan Zorthian and the Zorthian Ranch. And also to our guest, Phil Joyce. If you'd like to see Phil's artwork, you can find him on Instagram at philjoyceart. I'm Charlie Mount. I'm Jeff Rack. And this has been... Invasion of the Pod People.